Hi, it's Phil Main, and welcome to another edition of A Life That's Good. A couple of months ago, I was at my side gig doing tours at Cowbell Brewing in Blythe. I was at the reception desk just waiting around for a group when one of the teenage greeters there said, Hey, I heard you were famous or something. Do you work on the radio? I said, well, I wouldn't say famous. I do the morning show at Cool 94.5. I got a blank stare. Oh, I think maybe my dad listens to that. Well, I let a few seconds pass, and then I looked at him and I said, Conway Furniture, Highway 86, just east of Listowel. Oh, my God. You're that guy. Amazing. What's that like? You are famous. Is the other guy your brother? Will you sign this? Jeez. Who knew all those decades ago that this is what my career might boil down to? The truth is, I don't hate it. It started out as a bit of a joke, and honestly, I don't even know how, but somehow it caught on. This show is called A Life That's Good, and it focuses on all the things that have made life and my career in radio so incredible for, well... close to 40 years now. And there's no way I could do that without talking to my guest today. He's been such an important part of almost, well, my entire career in radio. Paul Decker is the other guy. And no, he's not my brother, at least not my blood brother. He's the Conway Furniture guy. And before you ask, Paul's dad, Peter Decker, and Jim Mulholland started the business. They were installing carpet in Listowel in 1967, and they saw an empty storefront on the corner. So in starting that business together in that spot, they felt that maybe both of their last names were at the time a little too ethnic. Sad that that was ever the case, but they chose Jim's mother's maiden name, Conway, as the name for the store. And I guess the rest is history. We'll talk about our history together. Paul's and mine, and the history of the store, Paul's dad, Paul's family, the wider family of employees and customers, and all the ups and downs and dreams and joys and sorrows of running a small business in small-town Ontario. Conway Furniture, that starts right now on this week's edition of A Life That's Good. Conway Furniture, Highway 86, just east of Listowel. Oh, wait, what? <laughs> oh, wrong day. This is not an ad? Hey, buddy. Everything's an ad, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true businessman, for sure. Paul Decker is here, owner-operator, I don't know, retired. What are you now? Uh, I'm just the talking head these days. Yeah. But yeah, I'm owner-operator, retired. My son yeah. Mitchell's uh, running Conway Furniture, and okay. I'm... And we, you know, it's been a good, uh, good transition. We're, we're still, we talk. <laughs> That's a good thing. We still talk. That's a good thing. Yeah. Well, the uh, the whole premise of this. The podcast is a life that's good and celebrating things that have meant a lot to me. In my, I don't know, closing in on. I've been doing doing radio off and on for forty years. I guess thirty some years as a morning guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I, you know, I thought, how can I do one and not bring you in? Because I think we've been doing our ads thirty years. Something like that. Something like maybe that, a little yes. bit more. Maybe a little more. Yeah. So as I recall, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the story I tell when people say, "How long have you guys been doing that?" So to my recollection, it was a remote broadcast in your store. Yep. And Bill Brown. 
the late Bill Brown, yes. the late great Bill Brown, <laughs> yes. came up to me and said, can you interview the owner of the store? And I thought, eh, okay. Yeah. You don't always want to do that. I mean, sometimes it's great. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, not. Um, and he sometimes they over. answer with a nod, which doesn't really work well on exactly. Radio. <laughs> and you came over and uh, you introduced yourself, and we we were talking, and I think you said something about so what do what do I do here? And I said just be yourself, try not to be announcer boy. And you said what's well, announcer boy? Because we had a thing going back then with the announce staff that whenever you'd put a mic in front of somebody, and we were doing it on the air, yes. you start talking like this, and you go blah blah. So uh, I heard the cue in my headphones, and I thought I'll see if I can make him laugh. And I went Conway. Furniture, Highway 86, just east of Listable, and you kind of smiled, and and after that, I so okay. Here's my here's my addition, I think, to that story. Okay. Yeah, is that you and I started talking, and we talked for about two and a half minutes <laughs> until somebody from the station phoned on another line and said, "It's not the Paul and Phil show." <laughs> <laughs> I wondered that when we scheduled this podcast interview, if like we sometimes struggle to hit our sixty seconds in your Absolutely. ads. I thought, will we be able to talk for thirty minutes? <laughs> <laughs> Shouldn't be a problem, I don't think. Cutting ourselves off at a minute five just to give our producer a headache. But anyways, then people started coming into the store and Absolutely. going, hey, I like those when you guys yak. And one of the other. fellows at the store, I believe it was Don Annett, said, "That should be your, those should be your radio ads. Ah. And I well, went, thank you, Don. Because, you know, before that, they had talked to me about doing my own ads. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's, I'll, I'll back up even a little further into the radio business. Yeah. Is that with a station like Wingham, at that time, they had like three copywriters Truth, I would say. Oh, huge staff once upon a time. Yes. Yeah. And you have the voices of the station to voice the ads that they write. Yeah. And in my mind, they all not not to not to uh, you know criticize, just by nature they sound a lot the same. Can same yeah, writers, absolutely. same announcers. It's yeah, hard. It's to a be struggle to come up with a new creative bent. Correct. For sure. so, so I started bringing other voices into our ads just so that they would kind of stand out. And they said, "Well, why don't you do the ads?" And I did not want to be announcer boy and <laughs> Phil's nails and no. you know do all of that stuff. But uh, so I was really happy to be. Uh, uh, you know, with that, it seems so so easy to talk. You and I talk very easily. I've said it many, many times that I am not God's gift to broadcasting by a long shot, but I think I compare it sometimes to like a hockey team. Yes. You know, it's not necessarily the teams with the best players that win. It's the teams with the best chemistry. There you go. And I've had chemistry off and on with different people and people that I thought would be great and we just couldn't work together. Scotty and I had chemistry once upon a time. The whole naughty Scotty thing. Yes, for sure. Uh, And you and I, it just it seemed easy, natural. And I was surprised because this was my first experience that when I went to do some Kitchener radio ads with other announcers, how it wasn't easy. There's only, you know, right. actually Mark Payne down in Kitchener was the other guy that I connect with who's very easy to talk to, funny yeah. guy. So, but there's only two of you. <laughs> <laughs> of all the guys. Of all the people that I've yeah. talked to that really naturally can just have a conversation on without, without a script. Yeah. Do you know what surprised me is that it went past... A couple of weeks or a couple of months, and it started getting into the years. And as they went on, I'm, I keep thinking, "All right, well, this has to wrap up at some point." And that was the thirty plus years. We don't even know when, it, because I took no mental notes of anything because I was not expecting it to go this long. No, no, I know, I agree. Very cool, though. I mean, I remember at the time you saying, "Well, I hope so," because it's my career. <laughs> I uh, I remember Wayne Brown. Remember Wayne, Bill's brother, yes. once talking about. 
being in radio sales, he was one of, he, I think for a while, our top salesman here. Uh, I think for many years. Back in the 90s. And he used to say he didn't ever feel like a salesperson because I thought I could never do sales. And he went, oh, yeah, you could. I said, well, how do you do it? He said, I don't. He said, I go check up on my friends. He said, I feel every time I'm just lucky. Hey, I get to go out and hang out with people. I take a coffee. We sit down and chat. And at the end, I go, anything I can do for you? Because if you need anything, I'm here to help. Otherwise, I'm out. Yes. And people would, you know. Yeah. want him to come into the store. For sure. Wayne was and, a super guy. Is a yeah. super guy. Haven't seen him in a little bit, but boy, I mean, we were good friends for many years yeah. through this relationship. But, you know, was he your salesperson before, Bill? Uh, uh, yes. Okay. Yes, he was. Those were good days. You know, I think I think in retail in in business, you had a little more time then. Yeah. To be personable, to be friendly, to have relationships with your sales reps and with the radio people. Right. And unfortunately, I think it's got faster and faster and faster that you really just have to be always in your competitive mode and always doing something. But it's kind of sad that way. It's kind of the world, though. The world has changed so much that, you know, and there's like we, we mentioned, there's a lot of people working at the radio station once upon a time. Not so much now. No. No, the jobs yeah. shift and the and the and you know I, I I look at the radio station and the connections that we had with that made for loyal customers and I'm not sure that the radio people are getting that idea now that uh-huh. they're. You know, That's a great question. <laughs> Not one you probably need to comment on at this point. I don't even know the answer to the question, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, I'm just a left foot, right foot these days. There you go. <laughs> you know, breathe in, breathe out. Okay, let's uh, let's talk about uh, Conway Furniture. So mm-hmm. let's talk about. Can we talk about Peter? Sure. Dad. Yeah. Um, he was started. an installer at the time for for Fitzgerald Brothers out of Kitchener. Okay. I don't know if they're still there. They might be. And he was up installing in Listowel in 67 and saw this empty store and said, hey, why don't we put some flooring and some furniture in there? Which was, you know, it's downtown. Was he living in Listowel? No, No. we we lived in Kitchener. Okay. I lived in Kitchener until I was eight. So so in 70, we moved, he moved up. So built the store, two years he commuted, and then we moved up to Molesworth. Right. Swing a metropolis of Molesworth, uh, Ontario. Out, actually, at a farm behind Molesworth. So yeah. from a six-floor apartment in Kitchener to the farm in behind Molesworth was a bit of a culture shock for an eight-year-old. I should know this. What's your mom's name? Uh, Jenny. Jenny. Yes. And Jenny. so Peter and Jenny were from where originally? Uh, my mother's a Northern Ontario girl. She's from Liskard. Okay. And uh, dad came from Holland in 48 Okay. Uh, with his family. He was 15 at the time. So. Uh-huh. Always had an urge to achieve, and and uh, you know I, I always say I couldn't do what my dad did, which was start from the ground up and and do that, uh, you know, take the risk, take the and work really hard to make it to a certain level. Yeah. And then I don't think my dad was really geared to do where I, what I've done with the store, which was take it from them and and uh, you know run a bigger operation. He was more, he was more the guy to get out and do it. Right than he was the guy to organize other people doing it. Where I'm right. far more the guy to delegate. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. Quite like delegating. Um, well, and changing with the times, because things have changed, right? For sure. Yeah. Yes, for sure. I think, you know, lots of things change and lots of things haven't. Things go faster. Uh, uh, but, you know, he always told me, he said, you know, if, you're, if your business is in a big city, 
you can do it. You can tick people off. It doesn't really matter. You've got a lot of supply of customers. Right. If your business is in a small town, you better try and make everybody happy because they all have a lot of friends and family, and you need them to come back. Right. I'm you not surprised them. you brought that up because that's one of the questions later in the interview. I wanted to talk to you about, you know, running a business in a small rural town. Yes. As compared to, do you think it's the same as a city? And you just answered that. <laughs> no. Yeah. It's it's very different, and and you know a lot of the people that are coming to shop from you. I I mean, yeah. I, I do think the small towns have changed a lot in the last little while, too. You don't walk down the street in Wingham and know everybody anymore like no. we used to. But uh, but it's still the same kind of thing. You're still, you yeah. know, they still think they have to go to the city to get what they need when really a lot of what they need is right here. And you have to try and make sure it's both in line price wise and also, you know, cater to your audience, cater yeah. to what, they, what their wants are. Uh, funny because that's a conversation I had with a, a manager many years ago. Was he he had said something about people are people everywhere you go. Same in the city, same as here. So, and I argued that they aren't. I don't. Yeah. Um, I think maybe rural people in a lot of places are similar. I mean, look at a show like Letter Kenny out of Listowel yeah. from our yeah, friend. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all identify with that. And it right across this whole uh, latitude, right? Like northern U.S. Southern Canada, we it's all the same kind of thing. We uh, we can all agree. But it's associate. like you say, you you piss somebody off around here, and everybody's going to know about it. Yeah, I find with me a lot of times, whether I know them personally or recognize them on the street or not, yeah. I, I I often will see somebody go, "Okay, I know you from somewhere." Yes, you know, and I recognize, and they're all on Facebook, and they're all interconnected somehow. Yes, they know somebody you know. Absolutely right. I like to think that the people we have left pissed off all the people that know them know that they're like that anyways yeah (laughs) (laughs) maybe yeah there's pretty few that we have haven't been able to (laughs) come to some mutual beneficial agreement with truth so good years hard years good times bad times with the front it's been how many years for you since you took it over from your dad uh, mid eighties, so a good run a good run I was ready to hand it off uh Mostly good, but you know, at any time in business, you go through periods where, well, as my wife said, when she came down and my computer was left open to how to sell your small business, Uh-oh. <laughs> she said that was a real clue on where my head was yeah. at, <laughs> and and things like uh, you know even uh, even five even ten years ago when that real when we had that real old school winter again and. I think the road was open for 12 days in front of Conway in the yeah. month of January. Yeah. And you know, by March you're kind of going, "Okay, where are we going to how are we going to float this boat for the next couple of months?" Yeah. <laughs> Cuz you really takes a dent out of and you know, it doesn't matter how good a business is, you're only three serious things away from bankruptcy. Cuz it's never a matter of whether it's profitable or not. It's a matter of whether you can make your current payments. Right. Cuz that'll bring you down the minute you can't. Yeah. So, you know, it's good lessons to to be cautious and to watch what's going on. We've always been pretty careful. The three things are what? Well, whatever three things in the oh. in the case of this, uh, you know, it. a failed uh, sales event, right. a bad winter, and by March if something had to come up that I really needed to have some cash, I didn't have it. So, right. you know, those kinds of things are always as a business owner, those kinds of things are always on your uh, yeah. on your conscious. You mentioned Chris talk about my her. wife. Yeah. Well, we were we started dating right at the end of high school, yeah, in grade thirteen. Aww. 
And then she went to Western and I went to Waterloo, or we probably wouldn't even be together anymore, really. Yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> you think? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, at that time we probably needed some space away from each other to still grow up a bit. Yeah. And, uh, and then at the end of university, it's like, yeah, okay. You know, I would like to put her on ice for another couple of years. But. <laughs> she was. She, she may listen to this. You know that, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. She's heard it all before. Okay, I'm sure she. She has. knows who she's married to. Oh, I'm sure she does. Because um, I think it's coming up on 40 years, right? I is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. Holy crap! <laughs> You're old. Yeah, yeah, we're old. Uh, so, was was it hard for her at times with you, like running a? I don't think everybody gets what it's like to run a small business. It's like it's a lot of hours sometimes. You're, you're away. Yes, at the time when our kids were young, especially, you know, first of all, I see young families split up when their kids are like, you know, three, four, five, six, and yep. I'm going, just wait. Uh-huh. Just hang in there. Hang in. Hang in there. You got a couple more years, and uh-huh. then it gets well. It gets different. I don't know if it gets easier, but it, it does get easier when your kids are so young. You got no yeah. time for yourself. So I used to come home from work at five, six, and uh, you know have supper, hang with the kids till nine, and then I'd go back to work until midnight or one. Some kind of a night hawk, anyways, uh-huh. and do all the stuff that I could. That it was hard to do when you were being interrupted. Right. right during the day, you have other things on the go, and people want your your time. So, I could spend a bunch, you know, three four hours in a row setting up the stereo department was my favorite <laughs> at that time. I bet <laughs> just go in there and wire a bunch of stuff up. It was, but you know, it's also the kind of thing you can't do when there's a bunch of customers in the store. Truth. But yeah, she was. Oh, she was always. Chris was always very supportive of me, and you know, sometimes when I would get stressed or bummed or anything or have to make a decision and and the and the one time she said i don't know all the decisions you've made so far are pretty good have worked out pretty well well that's certainly great support from your spouse yeah and it does uh so i've used that one every now and then i've used it with my kids when they were you know stressing over something i'm just like i don't know you've done all right so far just carry on with what you're doing right nice you got to make a call and then go with it and see what happens We're chatting today on A Life That's Good with Paul Decker, Conway Furniture, Highway 86, just east of Listowel. Small business in a furniture store. Is that what you saw for yourself when you were a kid? <laughs> you know, it's funny. That's exactly what I was thinking at the time. I said, you know, when you're a, a teenager in small town Ontario, yeah. I, I at that time especially, the first thing you're, you, you just want out. You want to Truth. leave. You yep. want to leave town. You want to go yep. away to school somewhere and and say thanks, Listowel, but uh, that yep. was fun. I'm I'm out of here. Yeah, and uh, and I did. I went to University of Waterloo and I took two and a half years of honors physics and went dope. <laughs> what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, I, well, for one thing, as my a young friend put it, he said. Uh, the only real jobs out of physics are in academia, are working in a university or or something, right? Which I did not like school that much I, at all. So I did this not. This is why be. we're friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then you know you're kind of like I don't know, and and uh, and of course I had this 
golden opportunity in Listowel to come back and and you know not just jump in and run the place. I had to do my stuff before yeah. you know, Dad would do that. But so I went back. I did a couple of years of flooring installation. Yeah. Uh, was there pressure from Dad, or did you just willingly jump in? No, there was no pressure from Dad. In fact, when I went off to school and said I'm not going to do it, he did uh, at, at one point even sell it for a little while, and but it it kind of fell through. So then when I said, uh, I think I want to come back, he was thrilled. He was, you know, I mean, that's... He, my dad read a lot of books about uh, succession planning and how, you know, like the Rockefellers and the Kennedys yeah. built up their family uh-huh. estates. So he was very interested in that kind of thing. And, and uh, so, he, you know, I'm sure he... My son Mitchell was not running it when my dad was around, so I'm sure he'd be thrilled to know that it's going his on grandson a third generation, which yeah. is a very a big rarity in small businesses. Yeah. But uh, yeah, no, I never wanted to live in in town, and and uh, but it's a great town. I mean, it, you know, again, when we thought about where do you want to raise your kids, yeah. I don't really want to raise them in a big city. And right. You can go and Felt visit a big city and have a great time, and then get the heck out of there. Yeah. <laughs> See, for me, when I went off to school, I couldn't wait to get out of Godrich either. Yes. And uh, all I really wanted to do was get girls at that age. Uh, <laughs> but then I, I was only out for like a day and I couldn't wait to get back. You know, you realize what you had. We had good friends and a yeah. good community and, and uh, I had a lot of fun in my youth. I uh, Probably more fun than I should have had in my youth. <laughs> oh, I bet. But uh, I had good uh, teachers in high school, I think, that wrote uh, lovely reviews for me to get into university because mm-hmm. my marks probably shouldn't have got me where I was. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think it works that way anymore. So with Conway Furniture, have you ever hated it? Have you ever thought, oh, God, I can't do this one more day? Sure. Yeah? I mean, there's days where I've, you know, gone home for lunch and then driven back to work and then just kept driving because it's like, yeah, I don't really think I can go in there right now. I don't, yeah. I'm, I've... I'm spent. I I can't contribute. I'm got a knot in my gut. That's so, yeah. And there's always, you know, again, there's things go great for a little while, but you got to know there's always going to be some obstacles that you're going to have to overcome. If, sure. it, if it was easy, everybody'd do it. People, people you're dealing with people, and yes. that can be the greatest or the worst thing. Sometimes. Oh, one of my regular stump speeches at work is: you spend more time here with these people than you do with your family, your friends, all the people that you choose to hang with. You spend more time with these people who you haven't picked at all. Right. And uh, so don't be surprised when they tick you off every now and then. Like, I mean, if if you're – and know that you're ticking them off too. Yeah. Uh, So just, you know – would you call that a stump speech? Stump speech, yeah. Which I haven't heard that before. <laughs> I don't know where you get up on the stump and you, oh, okay, and you orate. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you do that a lot with your? Are you like a? Are you a coach? No, not a rah rah guy. Not really. No. No. I'm a. Do I'm a very job? hands-off boss. Yes. Oh yeah. Yeah. I, I figure I've always had good people working for me who knew what they were doing and. Uh, they didn't need me, you know, second guessing them or staring over their shoulder. It's like, uh, you know, if something comes up, they would come to me if it was something that yeah. they weren't sure or something, yeah. and uh, and we'd try and solve it. But until it got to that point, do, they're doing a great job, and and that's still pretty much the case at Conway. We've got lots of good people that are doing their jobs. What about your music? 
you ever want to be like you? I know you love music. Yes, that's probably your you know aside from your wife, your greatest love. I would your say wife probably and your cats. I yes. don't know. Yeah, yeah and the music I could probably live without the cats, but I could. <laughs> okay, but the music is like uh, like you love live music. You go to a lot of concerts. Yes. Um, you love to play. You've had some bands. Was yes. it Need an Elevator? Need an Elevator, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I went to a Peter Gabriel concert in the 80s at the Gardens that was like a, an energy, like, I just couldn't, we were all just left that place just humming, right? Like, yeah. you're just wound. So I think that was my, what really got me rolling on the whole uh, live music thing. Yeah. And then uh, I've always played piano. When did I, you start that? When I was eight or nine lessons yes yeah and i took about four years of lessons but at that point you know you're in high school you're playing hockey four years of piano you're not going to go play some leela fletcher stuff for your friends right (laughs) so so, uh it kind of went by the wayside until i hit university and then i had a buddy get me back into it and haven't stopped since and uh and yeah when i was 40 uh Need an elevator? We cranked up as a to, as a charity vehicle because we were all guys with jobs. We we weren't yeah. going to go on the road with it or anything, but we started playing. Actually, at Conway, we built this uh, warehouse on, and it had like three thousand feet upstairs that yeah. we weren't using. So we set up permanently up there and could just, you know, it was great. You could go in five guys, you could jam it out, and just walk out at the end, leave the equipment set up, nobody to bother. And then we said, you know, we don't suck. <laughs> you don't. You didn't. And, I don't and, know. Do you still play together or not? Uh, every it? now and then, the yeah. elevator's still going on. But I, I'm, I was too busy for it. I was Chris at McIntosh. Was he? Is he still? He, he was our drummer then. He's yeah. not anymore. He was another ex-member of the of the uh, yeah. elevator. And the uh, and we did charity. The hospital was raising money at that time, so yeah. we did a charity thing for the hospital, and then we did about three charity events a year for for about eight or ten years. So that was enough. You know, I'm great. I, it's great. I get to live the life of a rock star without ever having to go on the road and pay right. the dues, right? I got a lovely little studio, and I've got great musician friends who come and play, and yeah. we have a great time. And that's enough for you. You that's don't ever great. wish that you were. I don't need to go play out in the road. No, you don't. You don't want. I invite the fans that I want to my place. <laughs> then they're. Then you know they yeah. really love you. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. right. We have great. We uh, have a cottage. I won't say where, but we have great neighbors there, and they all come out and have a good time with us. And jam sessions. Kitchen Jam's parties in, uh, in Newfoundland, right? Yeah. I got one this aft, actually. Oh, do you really? Yes. Perfect. Ever play guitar? No. Uh, yeah. No, I'm trying, but I'm... <laughs> you know, and I, and I don't... When I I'm, I play by ear, I, don't, I can read chord charts and stuff yeah. like that, but I don't really read notes. and Because every time I sat down to do that, I just got... Just started playing and, right. you know, easily distracted, so... Let me talk a little bit about you. So we haven't talked a whole lot about the store and furniture. We, we talk a little bit when we're doing our ads about leather and different bedding technology. And yes. you, we're in the business for years. several decades. And you must have seen some really eye-opening, startling maybe is a good word, changes in furniture technology and development. And uh, I, when I see pictures of old furniture from the 60s, I go, wow, we sat in that? <laughs> you know? Well, some of it's coming back. Is it? Uh, well, yeah, like every fashion, right? It circles back Uncomfortable around. as fashionable? Again? Yeah, I think so. Some <laughs> of it. The thing that probably from, the, from over the years that I've seen is how, until the last three years, how inflation averse furniture has been yeah the price of a sofa 
during the course of like four decades might have gone up 20%. Right. And part of that, and the real part of that, is that the manufacturers, particularly Canadian ones who are excellent upholstery manufacturers, have got so much better at what they do and so much more efficient at what they do that they really can build them a lot cheaper than they used to, even though they're very good quality. Maybe not as heavy, but you know, unnecessary uh, heaviness. Really, it's there's still really good quality stuff out there at at moderate prices. The right. last year, couple of years have have caught up a little bit just because I think, you know, some of the container stuff, they haven't been costing that well enough, right? They, all the cost of shipping stuff across the world when it could right. be built right here. Right. Uh, you know, it's better that it catches up and we can get manufacturing stronger back in this part of the right. world again. One of the things I like about doing ads with you is um, that I think I have some similar beliefs to you in that local is better and Canadian is good for us. And you, you guys have always been a big supporter of Canadian companies. Yes. Wherever you can, for sure. Yeah. Canadian first, North American second, overseas if we have to is kind of the right. way uh, we've, we've looked at it. And there certainly is things that you just can't get in Canada. You know, like, well, inexpensive little tables and things like that where they mass produce them over, overseas. It's, it's, it's hard to avoid that because the price of some one of those things built in Canada, they just don't, it's not going to be something saleable. Right. And we've talked a little bit about, too, about buying a mattress in a box and having yes. it delivered to your house is, is kind of, I don't know, to me, is it my age? It seems a little weird. Uh, you know, and, and probably when you're young, that's fine. Uh, you know, you can sleep on anything. <laughs> But uh, as we get older, I think it's not. And, and you know, you look at, uh, in our store, we probably have 30 different models of mattresses. Yeah. And we spend, people spend quite a bit of time picking out the one that suits them sure. the best. Well, I remember trying one out at the store one time, and you folded me up in it. <laughs> you just, you, when you see this, and you pushed a button, and I actually bent in half, and I thought, what is so, happening? I wonder how far this would go, and I met Phil. <laughs> Crack. Not that far. Could you could you name a single most amazing development in furniture in the last half a century? The real push towards reclining, I guess, in my era. Oh yeah, uh, right. Like uh, I think uh, when we started, I, I don't even know that we had recliners. Right. The old lazy boy recliner. Yes, yeah. and, but I don't think we had uh, reclining sofas back then. Right. And of course now it's power and articulated headrests and lumbar supports and vibrates and, and fridge in it. Plug and... your USB port in the side <laughs> and uh-huh. and uh, you know so the, the, there's a lot of electronics going into them now, which is largely what held it up over the course of the yeah. the pandemic with the uh, shipping from overseas and uh, you know any of the upholstery made in Canada, although it's it was slowed up too. I think it was slowed up because there was a lot of demand. People weren't traveling. People were living in their homes. Kids were home wrecking stuff. It really right. put a lot of demand on uh, on furniture. Uh, talk about your boys just uh, for a minute. Uh, Harrison, no interest at all in the furniture store. Nope. nope. Harrison, for uh, he's wanted to be a chef. He used, to, he used to bake cookies and take them to high school. Yeah, and uh, and went into and when he did the aptitude test you, that you do in high school, right? Yeah. It came back he should be a sommelier, a wine. Really? Yeah. Here they are telling huh. this seventeen-year-old uh, that he should get into the wine business. Huh. <laughs> Where did that come from? Is it anywhere in your family, or just 
No, we all, well, we all, I like to eat. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, <laughs> he's been to some good restaurants in his yeah. in his young life. Yeah, and they were always kids that wouldn't order the chicken fingers; they would order the uh, rack of lamb or something. <laughs> of course, yes. Those so, so yeah. So he's a chef. He's been a chef in Kincardine most recently and lives there. He's been a chef in British Columbia at a ski resort and at St. George's Golf Course in Toronto. Has a good resume. He did a work term in school at uh, uh, Cicer Lee's restaurant, downtown Toronto, who was one of our only iron chefs at the time, yeah. and had rave reviews. And then pretty much after that, he could go to any restaurant and go, yeah, okay, we nice. weren't really looking for somebody. So, And now he's planning to go to Italy. We'll see how that all works out. Wow. So that'll be exciting. Good I'm for sure him. We'll, yeah. And Mitchell's taken over the family business. And Mitchell came back to, he did went out on the road and did a few things and went, I don't know. And I went, well, you know, this is here. Yeah. <laughs> and he went, yeah, I think I, I think that's a good idea. I think I will. Again, no pressure from dad. Who's he going to run the store like more, you or your dad, do you think? Uh, more like me. Yeah? Yeah, more like me. He's pretty progressive then? He's, yeah, I think so. I think HR is different than it was too, isn't it? Like, uh, there's so much talk about work-life balance these days yeah. and everything. I think it's a tough thing to to do, especially in retail. Yeah. Because it's easy to work from home in a lot of jobs. You can't work retail from home. Right. You have to be there. And you have to be there waiting for the customers. So sometimes you're, you know, you're sitting there kind of idle. And sometimes you're swamped. You really don't always know how it's going to go down. Yeah. But uh, so I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's, I think he's a, a chip off this block probably. Uh, people is the challenge. People is always yeah. the challenge. But we'd like to think we treat our people well and. Well, you've treated me well. We've come a long way since that first Conway Furniture, Highway 86, just east of Listowel. It's weird how that, you know, was just a throwaway thing that seemed to catch on with people. I I don't get it, really, but... For sure. But who knows? Who knows, eh? Um, You make it up as you go along. It doesn't matter who you are. Kind of true, right? You're out here and, and, uh, I don't know, life leads you. That's what I always said to the boys when they were young. I was like, I don't know, just go out and start doing stuff. It'll all kind of fall into place. It's kind of the way, I don't know, I think it's the way it works. Do you remember our dads, though? I think they felt like they, I think you and I are similar this way, that uh, I felt like my dad always had an answer for something, even if it was wrong, because that was kind of the attitude that dad had to have the answer. And more and more now, I think a lot of dads are going, I don't know, life is hard. Just (laughs) like you said, go do stuff. Something will work out. One day when the boys were misbehaving when they were very young and, and it was later at night and Chris and I were, were mad at them, but nothing, you know, so we're tucking them in bed and, and, uh, and they're like, well, what's, what's our punishment? And, and I said, well, we don't know. We're going to talk about it. And they go, what do you mean you don't know? <laughs> I said, I don't know. We make this stuff up as we go along. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of kids think that their parents have it all worked out. In fact, we're just older people that don't have it all we're worked out. We're just kids that are, that are in older, older suits. So true. <laughs> Well, I don't know how many more years we've got of doing this, but uh, the last 30-plus have been awesome. So thank you for that. Although I very much enjoy it. I hope we don't have that many more. <laughs> what are your plans? What are you, where are you, what, what's happening for you now? Where are you going? Oh, I have a great, uh, I have a great life. I mean, uh, I always figure retirement's pretty inexpensive if you have a golf membership and a ski membership. There you go. <laughs> There's a lot of entertainment packed That's into those two. downhill skiing. Downhill skiing, yeah, You love that. Yeah, I'm You're a, weird. I'm from out west uh, in my heart, I think. Yeah. And we spend a lot of time out there in the winter. We spend a lot of time in the west coast of Ontario in the summer, which is a beautiful spot. Yeah. 
And uh, so we'll do that as long as we can. Beautiful. Well, all Sorry, the best to you. Healthy. You Do deserve it. it. You've worked well, hard. And uh, yeah, Conway Furniture. Had my moments. Weird. You know, when I started uh, this job, I don't know how many years ago, uh, close close to four decades ago, I never thought that the things people would know me for would be canceling buses and saying Conway Furniture, Highway 86, just east of Listowel. <laughs> Glad to be a part of your career, Phil. That's my career. Two points. That's, that's <laughs> what I pretty much accomplished. Uh, Paul Decker, thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, Phil. Hey, before we go this week, I want to take a moment just to say thank you for listening. Special thanks to my son, Lion, at LionX Productions for the theme music. I kind of love it, if I'm honest. He's a super talented dude in all things media, websites, social, video, film, and yes, music, all the things. Connect with him at lionx.org. It's L-Y-O-N-X.org. Also, we try to support our chats every week with a photo blog to give you just a little bit more of a visual on the things we're discussing. And we like taking pictures. You can find that at our radio station page. It's cool945.ca cool945.ca to find the A Life That's Good photo page. Click on On Air. Then in the menu that drops down, click my name, Phil Main, and that will take you to a library where you can choose the pictures that you want to look at. Oh, and one more thing before I take off this week, and I don't know why it's hard to ask this, but if there's anything here that you like, anything at all, We would love your help making this new adventure work. If you would please follow or subscribe to our podcast, and you can do that by going to the main show page. Just hit the plus sign or click follow. That would mean so much to us. While you're here, feel free to give us a rating or a review or a suggestion. We would also love it if you would share an episode that you like with a friend. This project and you, it means a lot to us, and we want to celebrate a life that's good in Midwestern Ontario. We can't imagine doing that without you. Thanks again so much for being here.